0: Good morning, listeners, or afternoon or evening. Uh, My name is Jason Bateman, and uh, my partner here is? I'm Chris Mundy. Welcome to Post Play Ozark, the podcast where executive producer Chris Mundy and I dig into all the things you wish you knew about the making of Ozark, season three. Be warned, though, there will be spoilers. Today we're talking about episodes four through seven. So in episode four, we start with Marty in the car. It's sort of it's a continuous, um, yeah, use. which
1: we don't do very often. We usually do, like we've only once a season, and every season would we do we do a continuous pickup. But this one kind of needed to. We threw you we threw you in a car. Yeah, <laughs> that teaser was written all. It was written out of order on purpose. Mm-hmm. We didn't just do that in post, um, and it was supposed to be all kind of through like. Your perspective and being disoriented and like of all, all all the stuff, so it was, I I, I loved the way that played.
0: Yeah, it, it is very very cool. And then we find Marty in the uh, in the dungeon. David Bomba, our production designer, did a beautiful job and uh, with the construction crew, at, you know, designing and 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 building that dungeon on our sound stage I mean, it looks. Looks, in fact, I think my wife, who's uh, not one to give it up uh, too easily, she's like, "Wow, where'd you guys find that dungeon?" I said, "No, we built that." She goes, "No, you didn't. That's that's real." Um, and that's the way she sounds by the way. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I said, no, 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 it's fake. It's all fiberglass and it really hurt. Uh, it was the, you know, he built the, it, it, sort of those, those big, uh, uh, bricks that are, have these huge grout lines. And I, I remember, you know, I'm very soft. I'm, I'm, am I'm an actor. <laughs> um, and, uh, it was, I had to like wear knee pads and it we're a show that was almost never on the
1: stages for the first two seasons. And then we, built this gigantic casino and then we built this and we built the Sheriff Snell's living room and we had this sheriff's office so suddenly like we we're like building, building, building and uh, trying to make it at a price and uh, and that was pretty inspired David was that was great but I remember like, that was a full that was just one day of you just getting the hell kicked out of you Yeah like, Who's that?
0: there was a sequence in there originally, and then I think we cut it right where uh Marty bangs his head against the wall yeah. and and he he has a bit of a tantrum and and uh and I just remember saying to Shireen, the the director, and to and to you as well, I think like that. There's going to be no way to really do this in a in an impactful way that that's going to feel real, uh, because you can't fake banging your head into a wall unless you put the camera in a place where oh, well, we can't really see his head hitting the wall, and so therefore it's kind of a limp takeaway for the audience. So I I, I think I said, well, should we do something where I'm breaking furniture or something like that? And then I think maybe we were going to go with that, but then I think you guys wisely decided, well, no, if he's got stuff in there, then he could hurt somebody. So it ended up just kind of turning into something that was a little bit more cinematic in its sparseness, that, that he just has nothing in there except the sort of bricks on the floor and um and we're and trying to thoughts. break
1: down a character emotionally you know how do you break down someone alone in one little space emotionally but of course like you got you've got to play it physically like you've got to do it
0: so it's real it's really tricky yeah there's these maggots in the in the rice bowl uh that they ended up doing after I was wrapped one day and so that was uh my stand-in Cody's beautiful fingers uh, holding that that book. <laughs> he's Cody. done that a few times o- over the last few years, where little inserts on his hands. You know, he's got. Thank God we're using his hands because I've got these short little meat hooks, and he's got like these. You know, kind of, you know, elegant without being non manly hands. Right. Um, the
1: the other thing, and David matched David matched the dungeon to where we used to shoot the the Navarro Mansion. Which is like a
0: mausoleum. The, it's
1: a mausoleum. Like that thing is crazy. It's like a in the middle castle, of Atlanta. But it's actually a mausoleum for one family, smack in the middle of Atlanta. It's from the, the family that started Coca-Cola. Yeah. That thing is is, is, is massive and it, it served us so 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 well.
0: Yeah, it's uh and I think didn't we even have uh do we have a, uh, a cemetery scene there as well? At some Ooh, it's point, the,
1: it's the same cemetery where Buddy's buried.
0: Right. So <laughs> yeah, uh, it's you know you got a multi-purpose locations. Yeah. There's this great flashback you guys put through this uh, through this episode of of young Marty and and playing an arcade game and. Talk a little bit about what you were planning for the the audience to to feel with that sequence, as far as informing what what Marty's views on uh, yeah. On we wanted to.
1: We didn't. We don't know much about Marty's past in general. We, we wanted this idea of it sort of at the worst moment in his life, when just watching his father die slowly in the hospital. What he comes to realize, he starts playing this video game and what we wanted to do is 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 have this realization that like the whole game is kind of fixed and and as he plays the game what he's learning is oh you you lose but if you keep paying money you can get to the next levels if you just don't run out of quarters <laughs> and he'd watch other kids do it and 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 the whole thing is like no but i'm good at it but i don't have the money to keep playing so that's it's i can beat it
0: just can't but get it's, on top of but it. But
1: it's but it yeah, and and what we wanted to do is sort of awake a realization in in current day Marty that like oh I didn't get into this totally by accident like I actually want to win like I'm gonna beat this thing I'm gonna beat Navarro I'm gonna beat the circumstance my family's in like I'm not I'm not this passive guy that accidentally made one mistake and his unraveled and it's uh, life unraveled a bit.
0: yours kid good luck so there's that there's a uh, a great sort of crescendo moment at the end of the episode where where marty is uh is called in to fix the uh the computer banking problem that uh that navarro has and he fixes it and he expects to be released or some sort of you know reciprocity there at the end that the navarro does not give him and then um and then Marty is pulled out of there. And so I thought that might be more difficult than it was, but those stunt guys were great pulling me out of there and kicking those chairs, or we broke one of those chairs. That was a bummer, because we, we had to wait to glue that back together, because there weren't m- multiples of that. But um, that, from a story standpoint, that was meant to motivate Marty um, really kind of digging in and, and...
1: And deciding, and like making the final, looking within himself and saying like, okay, why am I, act- why am I actually here?
0: No, I did it! I did it! I did it! Fuck! I just fucking did it! I did it, motherfucker! I fixed it! I won, motherfucker! Hey! Look at me! Right at the end of the episode, Marty comes in and, and, and declares to Navarro that, that he knows what he wants, finally, because that's something Navarro keeps asking him. And Marty basically says that, you know, he wants to win, too, um, mm-hmm. like Navarro says that Wendy does, and, and that he's going to do that by, by trying to flip um, the FBI agent. Uh, and we realize, ultimately, that, that, n- that that's good enough for navarro and then we cut to marty uh being dropped off in front of the house and walking up the driveway and 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 i think it was shot
1: to like feel like a new like a new day like the lights the lights different in the navarro scene it's like it's like oh we're out of the darkness of that hole we're into something else and like marty's dropped at the end of that thing and the end of the driveway and it's just like okay what is it now like he's it's like he's seeing the house Differently for the first for the first time. Yeah, you
0: know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a great way to end. The it's episode. a great and it's a great last image. Yeah. So in the fifth episode, we start with um, the FBI agent talking about Marty uh, coming over to her side. Cross cut with him uh, in bed with Wendy.
1: Yeah, right? and the cool thing, I, Amanda Marsalis, who directed that, like I thought Amanda did. An awesome job because even the, the title of the episode is It Came From Michicon, which is like the, where in Mexico he was, but it's a play on a horror movie. And and, and and we thought there's this tiny little embedded horror movie thing in the episode, which is like, okay, he went down to Mexico, but who exactly came back? And so Amanda, like all that kind of like slow creeping down the hallways in the house and all that was to play off that just ever so much like if you know it you know it but otherwise otherwise you just experience it and it's, it, it's, it's beautifully shot but, uh, but it was a play o- on that and, and Wendy kind of keeps questioning like what the hell happened down there because he looks like Marty but he's not quite something slightly different because he's energized in a, different, in a different way we don't know who came back from Mexico he's probably been tortured it could have
0: unpredictable effects He's likely to be volatile, emotional. If we're lucky, he could be ready to break. Ben and Ruth, um, we start to see them kind of build a a connection there, and they're both such kind people and (laughs) great actors that it's never surprising when uh, you see chemistry with uh, with folks that are equally kind and equally talented.
1: They did a really good job of, of sort of understanding what we were getting at, which is that we we wanted this idea that Ruth, there's this person who sees her in all ways completely and accepts her and kind of likes then loves her for who she is. And that's not
0: that's an uncomfortable thing for Ruth. Where Tom has an ability to play his character in a like, way where there's a... He's so warmed by her, And, you like, know? no yeah. pretension.
1: Like, yeah. he's almost childlike mm. a, in this way, but there's, like, a purity to it, and, like, he's just gonna say the truth because, like, why wouldn't you just say the truth? Yeah. Um, and it's a process of, like, is she gonna start to trust that? And you can tell that she's starting to. It's, like, creeping, like, little... Little by little, you know, um, over it starts in in four, but here in five, you, there's that great little moment in the in the when he's handing her the thing where she rolls the window down and there's this like little smile. Like Julia looks like a you know like a 1920s film star in yeah. that. You know, it's like, and she's just has this little smirk, and you're like, oh, here she, comes love. Here, yeah, here it comes.
0: Right. It's not petty. I just think you deserve better. I think you're pretty spectacular,
1: to be honest. Now eat your burrito.
0: So the Marty and and Wendy uh, get sort of an assignment from uh, Navarro to uh, to buy this this horse farm and and talk a little bit about what what you guys were excited about in the room about what 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 this could represent for uh, for the birds. Yeah, we
1: we, we we there's just a little glimpse of what life could be like if her plan is perfectly successful it's like and it's beautiful and we we wanted someplace that was like where there was an an element of nature in it an element of 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 something that was luxurious but like grounded and so the, the horse farm was born out of that of like wanting those
0: <laughs> so emotions you, you guys were excited about setting something up just pristine and gorgeous something you, you could ultimately chop the just balls completely off. just yeah.
1: then you can take it it's like oh that's what your reality like we're going to castrate your reality yeah. <laughs> um you know and i'm from nebraska originally and my granddad ra- uh you know uh bred racehorses and Steph and i worked at a racetrack so like horses are sort of close to my heart and then and and then David Bamba, a production designer, Bamba, like, is a huge horse guy. and knew all these horse farms, and he was just obsessive about getting it right. He, I mean, painted that whole fence line, hmm. like, he, he painted to get exactly right. I mean, he wanted it. I think if we'd gotten anything wrong about that farm, it would have broken his heart. Little, there's a long shot of Laura looking at you. Again, that little, of like, oh... Is everything going to be okay? Oh, so the night Because the night before, there's the scene with you guys in the barn where you finally say, like, oh, by the way.
0: I'm going to flip an agent. I'm going to
1: flip an agent. And she's like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Um, And then it's like, it's the first little hint of like, oh, maybe our idyllic reality is not going to be so idyllic.
0: Wendy, if you want safety, if you want to get the kids out, this is it. You hear me? People, people don't just turn an FBI agent. Right. So why don't we just take a breath? What are you doing? Be still. Don't do that. You asked me to get involved, and this is what it looks like. This is me supporting you, Wendy. Um, so we have also in this uh, in this episode um, the twisted Darlene uh, Wyatt. Did it happen the way you wanted it to on camera? Totally did. I mean, and uh, the main thing
1: was play it as if both these people are the exact same age, whether or not they're both 20 or both 60, just like this is just a real relationship. And you like when they finally kiss for the first time, it's because like, oh, my God, like they're they're seeing this person and they're seeing themselves and what they want. And if we played it for comedy or we played it for like shock value, I think it would have fallen really flat, and instead they just played it completely emotional.
0: Well, and and to your credit, you have established those characters in such a way where it is earned at that moment that they are both equally absent any sort of real uh, emotional partner, certainly no sexual partner. They both need each other, and uh, they're both banged up pretty good right. um, going into that scene, into this season. And um, you almost feel foolish for not seeing it coming. Uh, yeah, we,
1: we wanted it to be completely surprising, and yet, when you think about it, like, inevitable.
0: Yeah. The fact they both have long hair, I was losing track who was who in the bed, too, sometimes. <laughs> that was... awesome. I've been around long enough to know what I'm doing. <laughs> So at the end of the episode, you've got the horse uh, testicles in Nelson's hands going to a, an igloo in the back of his uh, Escalade. And I, I can't imagine what the research was like, the, either the prop department or the makeup effects department. Like, I don't know what department it goes, you go to, to construct those things, but they were real. But how do you research the, what's the size, the accurate right, yeah, size? Yeah, know there's of,
1: like, <laughs> there's,
0: you know, <laughs> there's.
1: we should have sent some apology note to someone who had to go down the rabbit hole. Like,
0: and somebody has to, yeah, basically scrub their uh, their search history now for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that was a, um, a an interesting visual to, to go out on for sure.
1: Again, it's this like ugly reminder of what you're really in, and so seeing it for just a second is is
0: just like oh. It reminded me of the the, the eyeball um, the the, in season in the, one. Yeah, and the jar that yeah Marty and Wendy look at, right?
1: Yeah, you know, and I I I, I kept thinking it's like I mean in my mind. Those things are in that igloo, and those are getting mailed off to the rival cartel. Like, somewhere, you know, some FedEx guy has those the next day.
0: Yeah. The next episode starts with—I love these long fights you guys write for Marty and Wendy. Uh, This is what a— Four or five-page uh, yeah. argument that Marty and Wendy have in the therapist's office. It starts off the episode, uh, which I just think is so great. And Laura and I had so much fun doing that. And then you, you end on the you know therapist. End on Sue. You know.
1: The trick, I think, both for you and Laura and then for Ben Semenoff who directed it, like, you've got to get lost in the fight and forget Sue's there. Right. Both in camera. She's got to be there. And then both for the viewer, you've... You've got to almost forget she's there and you've got to buy that Marty and Wendy forget she's there.
0: Right. And And that's, that's really tricky. Yeah. You put everything before the family. I am trying, I am trying to build a future for our family out of the mess that you created. And you're, you're just, you're, you're too narrow minded and jealous to see it. Right. Yeah. And you're just a fucking scary, selfish, power hungry fucking bitch.
1: There's also that moment that I really like after like all that and you move in with the, you know, into the motel kind of space with Maya because it's, it's a tricky relationship. And, you know, you say, can you know, can I be honest with you? And she says, I don't know yet. We've got to try to build that you guys actually have this respect and even a little bit of affection at the same time. She's trying to bust you and shouldn't like you. And now you're trying to turn her and you guys kind of have to do a lot with a little. It's, there's not a ton on the page there. It's like really up to you and Jessica to pull that off
0: well it's also and she's just she's so great she's got this great ability to play you know sort of a stereotypical FBI agent, but with a lot of humanity. And she's just like a real person, and she's pregnant. And it's it's a very, you know, fresh way you guys wrote that character, and, and she does a great job of playing it. We do remind the audience that, in fact, Marty did declare he's going to take a deal.
1: She'd won, so she, know it's po- she knows it's possible. That's the thing that I think is frustrating for that character. It's like, it's possible she's patient, but she doesn't have a lot of leverage.
0: Nobody tells you you're going to be sick the whole damn pregnancy. Yeah, you know, uh, when Wendy was eight months pregnant with Jonah, she threw up in my shoe at a party. (laughs) That was fun. How's that going, Wendy? I'm here, aren't I? And then we have Tommy. We've got this information about uh, him being an informant uh, and and we sort of see that he's a bit of an unhinged character there on the beach with the whole shooting the gun with the bottles with with uh, with Jonah and Charlotte. I don't know how you service all these storylines and figure out, you know, is there like a big, crazy mad scientist whiteboard on the...
1: There's like about 10 mad scientist whiteboards because it's all like a web. It's all like overlays on top of each other.
0: And you got to sort of figure out, well, we haven't touched on this for 10 or 12 pages. And so we need to throw in a reminder here. And
1: it's oddly, even though like Jonah's firing the guns and Tommy's an informant, it's oddly in our minds like a Charlotte, that was a Charlotte story Mm because it was, she's trying to be the adult in the room all of a sudden and and, and forced to be the adult in the room a, a, a little bit and try to protect Aaron, who's Helen's kid and and so it's like, oh yeah, this is what it's like to suddenly have these responsibilities and crazy things are happening and how do I get out of it so and then we just loved the idea of the first time that Marty and Wendy see each other after that like huge <laughs> fight is at the sheriff's o- sheriff's office with yeah. the, you know with the with the kids arrested. That's a 9 millimeter kid. It kicks. Okay. My turn.
0: God! Jesus! Oh, what the fuck do you think you're doing?
1: The thing I like about the, the Ruth Wyatt scene that we have in the episode so much is... It's the first conversation they have. They see each other in the grocery store in 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 mm-hmm. three o in three o one, but then they're not they're they're just estranged. They don't they're not having any contact. And then so three goes up to dinner there, and then realizes what's up with Wyatt and Dar, Darlene. I actually love the the line when he goes back to tell Ruth. Um,
0: that, I think they're
1: that, fucking. That, I think, but he also just said he says I think they're fucking each other, and it's the each other for whatever <laughs> reason that I just think is is yeah so great. But so, so that Ruth goes to Wyatt and basically thinking she's saving him and saying like, you've got to get out of here. It's the first time he doesn't even want to see her, and she, and he's actually got a happy life and she's here to interrupt a happy life, and she's already thrown his life off off track. And so it. You think it's all charged with she's doing something right by him and he just pulls everything out from under her. Um, and I also think there's, those two are so good together, in, I think, because they're so close in real life, too. Yeah. I mean, they're so brother they're sister friends, in, yeah. in, in real life that, that the cousin closeness, which I think just plays every time they're on screen together, I, I think it's amazing.
0: Yeah. What happened?
1: Something weird's going on up there with Wyatt and Darlene.
0: Weird how? I think they're fucking each other. So the uh, family gets together they're, and they're having a conversation at the dinner table. And this is where uh, Wendy um, uh, lets the family know about the Charitable Foundation. And and that is meant to really kind of be uh, a bit of a PR cover uh, for them. I think them, it's yes? part
1: PR cover and part like trying to cleanse her soul a little bit for lack of a better way of, of of putting it in the writer's room we kept calling it like like when they're hunkered down so it was just hunker down like it was like in the middle of hunker down they're gonna have <laughs> uh, have this thing and like marty and wendy are he's living in a motel at the moment now he's stuck there mm-hmm. and they're playing parcheesi i remember ben when he was uh directing it was saying saying like why are they playing parcheesi like why not another game i'm like well and is just fun to say. Uh, <laughs> but I really love that when Jonah just automatically thinks it's more money laundering because he's just Marty's son. He's, right. he's, he's so good at it. We always said, like, <laughs> Jonah's really good at the crime, and Charlotte's never quite as good at the crime, and it's like, that, sh- that that should be a good thing, but somehow in this family it's not a good thing.
0: We're starting a charitable foundation. So maybe you guys could think about some of the causes you'd like to support. That's a great idea. You could hide dirty money as cash donations. And I guess you'd pay less money on tax too. Right? It's not for that. It's real. There is some good we can do. And then we've got this great big action packed uh, ending there with the trucks blowing up and the, the, the money drop off all going wrong, where we have the Lagunes cartel. And we found um, that awesome location
1: that, like, it's an old drive in theater
0: yeah. down there. Like, yeah.
1: I just love drive in. I think Alec, actually, the director who directed seven, eight, nine, and 10, uh, we blocked out the final four together. Originally, episode seven was going to open. In the aftermath of that scene, like as a crime as a crime scene, so he was prepping. That we were prepping two directors at once, and Alec found the found the the drive-in, thinking he was doing the aftermath scene, and then showed it to Ben, who was directing six, and Ben was like, "Oh, this is good." Like he did the job for him. It was yeah. great.
0: Yeah, and we had the the drone shots on that. That was a complicated. It was a bit lot. That was like a whole day. That
1: that sequence itself was basically a whole day. I'm pretty sure that was the entire day of shooting. Yeah, you know, and it was a page and a half.
0: And it's this is and this is sort of the th- finally where the the drone uh, pays off. Right. Uh, that you you laid in and was it episode? We one laid or it two in in one. Yeah,
1: we laid it in season. in one, and then we knew we were going to use it. We knew we were going to use this as. in in 10 when they realize they can get the footage and and, and
0: the license plates the license plates
1: and all that but we just didn't want it to fall out of the sky at the last second and feel like we were cheating
0: no pun intended (laughs) true So in this, in this seventh episode, we start with, uh, with the uh, FBI interrogation of Ruth and, and um, trying to let the audience know that the FBI does not yet know that Ruth was there. They're just simply questioning her as somebody who has work overlap with these foot soldiers. And um, we, also, uh, we also have uh, Sue showing up in her in her new ride, uh, talk a little bit about about that. I'll bet that was fun you guys were were coming up with uh Sue overspending her money and what kind of car would it be. It was
1: a bright yellow Porsche originally. Um and then there was a McLaren available. And but the key was the yellow. It just needed to be like <laughs> it just needed to be screaming loud, uh-huh. loud yellow. I and mean, there's a scene like it. When she drives up in it, and then you come out, and and she, and you're like, "What is this?" And she, and and she goes, "It's a car." Like there's that there's that moment. Like I, I sat and i watched that episode 25 times, and every single time, I laugh when she delivers that when she delivers that line. It's yeah. just like she's so funny.
0: Oh, she's just great. She's really really good. What's this? It's a car. It's a transformer, and I spoke to you about conspicuous spending. Send this back. Now, see, Marty, that's your problem. You you are always trying to control everything. Got it. Losing a little sparkle in your step. Please get back in the toy and leave. Listen, I think we experienced a real breakthrough in our last session. I don't. I'm kicked out of the house. The
1: thing about having Sue in there is like it was we had a fair amount of humor in season one and less in season two just by the nature of the story we were telling. And we really wanted to be just 20 percent funnier at times. I mean, we can be a dark show, but like uh, at at times of season and she just every time she opens her mouth, she's fun. Just her delivery. And she she knows it, but she's not But it's not like she's showing off.
0: Yeah, she's she's so earnest and genuine and pleasant and uh, a perfect counterbalance to what Marty and Wendy are going through. And then of course they're they're trying to hide all of that when in those sessions. Um, and she just thinks she's just treating a couple that that are just have problems just like the rest of us. Yeah. Uh, and of course we're trying to verbalize them in that way. Um, so it uh, she was just. There's there's a line she had in five where it was just like I think I just
1: want to see where your story ends. <laughs> right. And that's the way we kind of like we built her kind of from that. Like this like idea of like, I bet she I bet she's someone who reads a bunch of mysteries. I bet she's you know what I mean? And she was just like, wow, the most exciting thing that ever happened to her just fell into her to fell into her lap. Right. Until it goes bad.
0: Yeah. And unfortunately she gets all the way to the ending of that story and it's her sinking in a McLaren in a lake.
1: And there's that scene that when when that she does with nelson when, when she realized in her death scene nelson the character nelson played by an actor named nelson as it turns out who'd never done a big scene he'd been in a ton of stuff with us but never like a big meaty scene and he for like the bad luck of the draw like didn't get the scene until like one in the morning the night before which i didn't he- hear until the day we were shooting it he told me and he just sat down and like nailed it he was so he was so good but it was like it was a big deal and a big scene for him to get to play because we haven't seen much from that character and when he was telling me that on the day on the set that he like he'd gotten the he'd gotten his <laughs> pages the night before I was just like yeah, he's he must have been terrified he's been such
0: a good sport for you know these three years with yeah as you said not not a ton to do but but sort of omnipresent
1: yeah and and, and like a part of the fabric of the show in a huge way you know yeah. which is kind of cool
0: yeah I, I never overplayed that part that's yeah. a lot of discipline She's a good listener. The arcade game uh, is touched on again in this in this episode as sort of this uh, unspoken moment where Wendy just comes in. She just unplugs the machine. What what what, what are you what are you hoping the audience kind of absorbs from that?
1: It's it's how to win a fight without you, you know your spouse even know you're you're in the fight. It's like oh it's like the last word, and the noise of that machine is like her shutting Marty up.
0: Right. You know, and then we sort of cross cut that with, M- with Marty lonely in his yeah. Hotel we kind room. of wanted
1: to place everybody. Yeah. We did a little bit of a shuffle in the editing room on that because some of the pieces fell in a different way, and we wanted to keep them all together and just really like understand the fracture of the family um, as we as we were in all that. And I think it, I think it worked really well.
0: And then Ruth and Wyatt have this great um, scene at the end, and 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 this sort of this reconnection and. Uh, they're just they both do such a great job they are. They're uh, so acting good together. in that scene, yeah, it's yeah. a long scene, and they it never feels long,
1: yeah, no, it's really it's really true, and it can like go a few different places. It's trick and it's a tricky build in terms of a story because you know she tells him at the end of the second season that she killed his dad, so it's kind of like what we had with with Marty and Wendy in season one. They start at the worst place they could be. how can we how could we possibly bring them back together? organically by the end of a season. It was the same thing with Ruth and Wyatt, like, an end with them together in some way. Because I think mm-hmm. he desperately wants everything to be back to normal, but, like, how can it be? Because he knows the truth. Right. And all she wants to do is be forgiven. because it's the only thing... He's the only thing she ever cared about. So we didn't want to make it too easy, and we didn't want him to say everything was okay in this scene. And
0: but, that's why that last line... Yeah. Right, where uh, she... Who's... Is some, she says, "What, what happens now? now?" And he's like, "I don't know." Yeah. And
1: but, but you feel they both want it, so it could it can probably happen in 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 some way.
0: So what now? I don't know.
1: Interesting. One of the interesting things to I me mean, is is watching Darlene sort of put everything together and come to the decision to tell Wyatt what happened to Jacob. As one of the writers said, like, well, I'll follow any character as long as they have a code. And and Darlene definitely has a code. So it can kind of make this strange sense. It's like I love in the scene when when she's talking to Wyatt, when Wyatt confesses that, that Ruth killed his dad. And the first thing out of her mouth is like, well, she might have had a good reason. <laughs> it's like because in her mind, it's like, well, there might be a good reason for that. And realizing that the focus is the bird suddenly, it's her way of... Sticking to this local code of like, oh no, he's he's the invasive species. The birds are the ones that came in and messed everything up. Don't abandon your cousin. Like she's being pulled away by these other by these uh, this bad influence. Just pull her back. Like forgive her and pull her back. And I think um, that's what Wyatt wants to believe. I think that's part of the what has makes him drawn into Darlene in the first place. That like wanting to be like cohesive.
0: Does that make right. sense? Right. That that the cause is the birds. Uh, what w- what has happened here with the the death of your of your dad is just is just a symptom of that. And, right. and so go after the cause.
1: Right. Like we did a list one day in the writers room of like all the people that would be alive, not just that the birds <laughs> killed, but just all the like people that lost jobs or lost their lives just because these people moved in here. And it's um,
0: <laughs> it's a lot as it turns out. <laughs> Could be a spinoff. <laughs> exactly. We'll go up to purgatory and hang out with them all. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can find us on all podcast platforms. We'll be back next week with another episode. Tune in next week for the final episode of Postplay, Ozark, Season 3. Jason and Chris will be discussing Ben's dramatic arc, Ruth and Ben's very emotional goodbye, the intense final shot of the season, and more. Just make sure you watch Episodes 8 through 10 before you listen.
1: Here's a preview of what's in store. That was the point of no return. Right. And so we knew like eight's the perfect time, end of eight, because so we map everything out. And we've got a we've got a lot of boards, but we have got one that has each it is divided into 10. So you can always and like that's a small enough number. You can always look at it and see the shape of the season. So you just knew that that was the point where that was going to happen.